0: This is The One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. What's up, everyone? Welcome to The One Thing Podcast. I'm Jeff Woods, and today I am here with Mr. Jay Papazan, co-author of the book and uh, my new best friend and, and partner. <laughs>
1: Happy to be here. So excited. This is off the ground and we're getting to share the one thing in the podcast. So thank you for doing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Last week in episode six, I talked about what close to 800 people have learned going through the time blocking process and what we learned working directly with them. And I teased that this week I would share kind of behind the scenes my story on my first 90 days with the company. It was um, very eye opening, it was very systematic. And I'm um, really grateful to have gone through it, and we want to share it with you guys to, to hopefully expand your mind. One of the quotes I heard recently was, at any point in your life, if you ever feel like you're hitting a ceiling, it's likely because you're missing a person, either in the form of a coach or mentor or in the form of an employee. And so when you start talking about getting in relationship with the right talent and finding out if you have the right people in your world, that's where we're going to be centering around today. So let's go way back.
1: Um, Gary, Just so you can say, Gary's good at pushing people, nudging people through their ceilings and, you know, through me and directly, he's definitely been nudging you. So, yeah, that's definitely, that quote's applicable in this, (laughs) for the theme of this. Absolutely.
0: So, you know, you guys come out with The One Thing in 2013.
1: Right. It
0: does extraordinarily well right off the bat. At what point do you two look up and say, there's a bigger opportunity here?
1: You know, the book did really well until the fall. And, you know, like most authors, when the tour ended and all the publisher promotions started to wane, the book started actually to decline. So from about September of 2013 to April of 2014, I watched the numbers go down. And that's when we started thinking really proactive. Like, I was super passionate, as you know, about this book. You know, almost five years working on it, researching it, and started really asking the question, how can we keep the word out there? You know, what's a leveraged way— And one of the most leveraged activities actually was being a guest on podcasts. People started reaching out. Mm. I think there was a certain amount of word of mouth, like really busy people. They'll have a book like my shelf of, these are books I want to read, right? And it might take you six, eight months to get around to them and another three months to read them. And I think that was the lag time and um, between people talking about it and then people reaching out and wanting to talk to me about it. And my big aha was there's this whole other world out there. So I started listening to podcasts. And I, I would credit this idea of this company to people um, like Pat Flynn. You know, I started listening to his podcast and there's just that thread of those internet marketers and I was really inspired. It's like, wow, they've taken content and they've created a really impactful product that's not a book. And just so you know, the business of books, I'm passionate about it. I mean, this is my wallpaper in my house. It's um, what I'm doing. I was doing it right when you walked in the door um, I read, I write. and um, But there's not a lot of money. People don't get rich from writing books. And we wanted to make an impact. And sometimes how much business success, usually measured in money, can impact that. So I asked the question, if we move beyond selling books, what would that look like? And I didn't go straight to the podcast because that's not my personality. You're better suited. Yeah. But I love teaching. Gary loves teaching. And I started looking at online courses. And our big vision right in the beginning was that it would be about just building an online course business. And obviously we're thinking much bigger now. Thank you, Gary Keller for pushing us, but that's where it started. It was those first few podcasts where I experienced the other side and saw, wow, you can develop a following. You can really influence people's behavior because people are jogging, they're driving, they're having a conversation with someone they can then lead you to take the next step in investing in yourself. And that's, that's where the idea, that's the long answer, sorry. No, that's good. Um, but that's really where the whole idea came from. And how long was it, I mean, right, you guys have this idea.
0: Most people would say, great, let's create courses, and they will go create courses. But that's not what you guys did.
1: No. So we're, we're all the way back in summer of 2014, and the idea is germinating, And I would say that I started doing benchmarking and trending, which is an expression we have in one of our business building courses. And we talk about the idea that, you know, Gary, to pitch a new business to Gary, you know, like I literally showed him a timeline of author tools that went all the way back to like the printing press. It's like, here's how authors have used different methods to really spread the word and have a bigger impact. And my goal was to show him that the next logical step for us was this. So I did a lot of research, and I knew that we were missing someone. And Gary was like, I love the idea. Um, Who's going to lead it? You know, you said a person is missing, you know, so I'm hitting a ceiling in terms of our financial achievements. And Gary's like, you know, our one thing is this. So for this to be really successful, someone needs to come in and give it their all. And so I actually didn't start looking for the person who became you, for a little while because I was working in our um, private equity company, Keller Capital, trying to help fill an open spot, which we filled. And it was, that was the timing. I'd already met you. Like you had interviewed me for your podcast and it would be summer of 2015. Yep. I would just filled the open position I'd made, you know, for my recruiting efforts, I was like, this is it. And it was one of those needle in the haystack positions that took months and months and months. And it was like literally like days after that person finished their first 90 days, which means they get to keep their job, which we'll talk about for you. We connected on Twitter. Is that right?
0: Yeah. And, and, and to, for those of you who back in episode one, I explained how about two weeks after I had launched my first podcast, The Mentee, Jay was our keynote speaker at our national sales meeting when I was in medical device sales. And I'm blown away because my whole focus is on upgrading my five. I want to surround myself with the right people. And here's this guy on stage knocking my socks off. I'm going, I
1: got to be in relationship with him. And so I asked to interview him, trying to add value. You followed me all the way to the limo, if I remember correctly. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I was, like, trying to get to the airport, and I was like, walk with me. <laughs> I, found, I found a napkin that he had wiped his mouth with and I put it in my pocket.
0: No. <laughs> none of that. Creepy, uh, little, creepy. Creepy, creepy, <laughs> Filter, I have none. But I had written an article for Entrepreneur. I started doing the social media post, and I saw you and Gary retweeting, and I retweeted your tweet saying, what are you working on? How can I help you? Yep. And you must have just been at that point you said, hey, we need a
1: CEO for a publishing company. That was the first time I'd publicly announced it. Yep. And so you said, let's get on the phone. I might know some people. And when I described the vision, you know, what we were all about, our goal with all the books is to help people take the next step. So it's not just an intellectual change. We, we want it to be actionable yeah. and impact. And you said that you needed to go talk to some people. You had to go talk to your wife. Yeah.
0: I said I had some ideas and I'll call you back. Yeah. And I literally walked straight into my house and looked at Amy and said, I just had a phone call. I think everything's about to change and I wouldn't be surprised if we moved to Texas.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So you called um, the next day and said, I'd like to put my hat in the ring. And that started the process, right? So we had a lot of interviews, a lot of due diligence, more perspective on his first 90 days. um, Y'all were expecting. Yeah. We Baby number two on the way. Yep. You had a little one already. Um, Daphne was what? How old when you moved to Texas?
0: Probably a two and a
1: half. So, you have a two and a half year old and a wife about eight weeks, maybe from giving birth to your second. And um, you land, um, we agree on a business plan. And Gary and I had sat down, you know, if we were going to hire someone, move them across the country, we want to be very, very clear, not only about who we were bringing on board, but find out as fast as we could can we decide if, if Jeff's the right guy? You know, in some ways, because you were moving across the country. Um, it was the first big business hire from that business for us. So it had a lot of first attached to it. Um, it was a new business we were contemplating. Um, we put even more effort. So that was like the gift of clarity. Like we really wanted to get it right. And if it wasn't right, how quickly could we find out? So the technique, um, to quote kind of Gary, you say, this is who I'm looking for. He'll usually flip it and say, great. What would be the three things that if they don't do well, you would just have to let them go. Mm. And it's just flipping it, right? It's a negative statement, but it gives clarity. Like, okay, well, if they don't do this well, just there's nothing they can do to overcome that. And so it's another way to get to what are the top three priorities. So we wrote down and agreed on what we thought the top three priorities were and tried to come up with a ways to measure that so we could all say fairly, did you make it in the first 90 days? And we ended up only judging you on two. Yeah right? We said, um, vision. So, um, he had to pitch us a business plan, um, for our idea to take it, make it bigger. And that had to be approved. And it seemed like 90 days to approve a business plan. Um, getting on Gary's calendar, like it's sometimes weeks and weeks before we could meet and do a new brainstorming session and send you out. And our job was to keep pushing you to see how far you would dig and how big you would think. Gary was ultimately going to judge you on whether or not you had quote vision and the other one was revenue. So we gave you a a task of had to drive was $100,000 revenue in the first 90 days. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, what I love about it, Jeff is like, <laughs> you'd come from sales and maybe it was naive or just, you know, you're just confident, but you're like, okay, you like a big challenge. And so you just started mapping it out. What will we have to do? And um, you came back with the founders. Yeah. And and to give clarity for people
0: who are watching or listening to this, Jay and the research team had already done the work of, we had an email list and they already surveyed them saying, if there was one thing we could help you take that next step, what would it be? And 4,000 people specifically came back and said, time blocking is an area that we're really struggling. The idea of scheduling time with yourself to do your most important work and not violating that is simple in concept, yet seldomly done.
1: What's well, the yin and the yang. What are you looking for? What would you have to fire them for? The four thousand people. It was one of two answers. Actually, oh. they proactively wanted to time block because they knew that they, if they could be better stewards of their time, um, they would get more done. And then the flip side was they were struggling to battle distractions. So they were actually putting commitments on their calendar, but they would get there and then get distracted. So to, to us, those two. Maybe I'm being unnecessarily detailed about this. I am a writer.
0: You're an editor. (laughs) An editor.
1: But it was like, I thought it was interesting. So it's the battling distractions was the other half because people time blocking, you and I, I'm attracted to that. But there are lots of people out there that are like, oh gosh, I get distracted all the time. And that was the thing that was so painful to them that they said, you know what? I need to make a change. Yeah. So we thought we can sit
0: back and we can create a course and throw it out there into the world. And see how people like it, or we could say, hey, we're going to work closely with 100 people, it's application only, and you'll, well, we would pre-sell it to them, and, and we did, and there was $100,000
1: in revenue. And I'll give a public tip of the cap to Noah Kagan. I, mean, I, I sat down with him for coffee and told him about this that same summer, and he had that very, the game plan we ended up using was almost identical. Hmm. You know, he said, you know what, if you just take a, a, a select group of people through it, you know what the topic is and you ask them before and after each class, what is it you most need right now? And how did we do? And, um, that was fun. I mean, you came back, you had the same game plan. So maybe that is the master plan for how to build a course like this and let it be audience driven. But, um, I just would thank him publicly because that was where I was coming from. Yeah. So,
0: um, you know, just to to bring it all back for people who are following this in the first 90 days, They were hyper clear on that there were three very specific things that I had to be able to do. Otherwise, I didn't get to keep my job. One, prove that I could cast a vision. Two, prove that I could drive revenue. And the third was, if I ever wanted to earn the title of CEO, I had to be able to recruit amazing talent.
1: Thank you, interviewer. I didn't even say the third one, did we? No. Yeah. Um, We agreed that that wasn't going to be measured because it didn't see the point. If you didn't pass one and two, why would we bring someone else into the fray Mm. to report to you? So you kind of had to pass the first two tests to get authorization to do number three. Um, And what became um, quickly evident, um, not only through what you were doing with us and how you were networking, but what you'd done with your previous work, is that you're a natural networker. You're a connector. Um, You're very good at following up. And so when you look at the key activities that drive hiring and recruiting talent, we didn't have a lot of doubts so um, those are the big three, and we wanted to be able to look up at the end of the day, and you needed to know, how am I doing? You know, did you get a check off on the business plan? Kind of a pass-fail, and there's a dollar amount that had to show up in a bank account, and it was a big dollar amount.
0: Yep, and, and so the reason we want to share this with all of you, number one, to kind of humanize what we're doing with the business and for you to really get to see behind the scenes what has been happening um, as we bring the business to where it is today, but also for you. I mean, there, there are going to be times for those of you who are already in a hiring position or for those of you who are going to need to be in a position where you have to bring talent into your world, how do you decide what to do? It's, it's, it's really hard, but the thing that has stood out to me over and over again is getting clear on who that person needs to be and, like you said, flipping it. Instead of saying, what would they do well, what are the two to three things they have to be able to do exceptionally well, otherwise... They don't keep their job.
1: Well, it's the dominoes. It's the book. It's, it's really applying the book to an exercise of onboarding a new leader or a new talent. And for us, we just wanted to know if they only had one thing, right, what would it be? And it was vision for leadership, right? Can, you know, which way are we going, boss? Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how talented they are at everything else, if they're going the wrong direction, all's for not. And then fundamentally in a startup, you know, we're not going to be uh, a tech startup and, you know, go do an IPO. Um, we're going to leave with revenue. Yeah. And so um, that became our second priority. That doesn't mean it needs to be anybody who's listening to this priority for their leader. It just means get clear about the core things that someone has to do well to be successful. It does two things. It lets you know whether you've hired the right person or not. And it's so easy to cheat. And you know this. <laughs> because someone comes on board and you start to like them. Um, You get to know their family, and you get used to having an extra set of hands, even if they're not ultimately the right person. And what's become clear in my career, having made mistakes, is that when you hire the wrong person, it's not just ultimately a disservice to the business or even to you. It's a disservice to them and their family, because you've led them down a path that um, probably wasn't meant for them. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we try to take that pretty seriously. You know, this, I mean, we take it very seriously. We want to make sure that we're getting a business with the right people. And I hope that everybody else would, without complicating it, do the same things, whether it's hiring a maid, right? I mean, you can figure out what are the core things that matter in this relationship and try to quickly find out.
0: And, and I'm going through this now that I'm bringing on my first employee for our business, I'm hiring an executive assistant. I mean, you said something, really interesting to me about... Explain that.
1: Well, I mean, I've had a number of executive assistants, and, you know, the first few, I I didn't know what exactly I needed, so I wasn't clear. And if you're doing a lot of stuff, you're... Like, at one point I was managing, you know, over a dozen people, had a multi-million dollar budget, and had projects, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of projects, I had to say grace over. And when your hair's on fire and you're in a burning building, Um, you really don't care who's saving you and how they save you. Um, You just know that someone showed up and helped. And so your standards, right, when you're coming from pain, can be very low. Mm -hmm. You know, I I had, you know, someone who would literally pull me out of the building by my hair some days. And I was just thankful to have them pull me out of the building. But now, like over time, a little wisdom. And you know what? That doesn't mean that they weren't right for that job. It wasn't maybe the right fit for me in retrospect, but now I, I'm a lot clearer about going into that, going, what, what really matters? Yeah, and
0: it's been helpful for me because now that I look forward to making my first hire and you're saying, you need to be a shopper, not a buyer. It's easy to go out and buy because you got nothing right now and you're the guy with the hair on fire and yeah. anybody will save you and you're so grateful, but you need to be a shopper and you need to find that right person and take a stand on your first hire.
1: Yeah, when you're when you're drowning or you feel like you're drowning, you don't get yeah. picky about the life vest that gets thrown to you, right? Take whatever I get, right? But the idea here is, um, as a support group, we can help each other, hold each other accountable to doing our best. Yeah, and that's really about the other person as much as it is about you. So those relationships, especially in a business like this, startup, you know, you've got the right match; it's magic.
0: Yep. So in the spirit of taking action, because for all of you who are watching or listening to this, you will hear me time and time again say, consuming the content is awesome, but you don't really get the results until you back it with action. So I want to just really distill it down so there's something you can take action on now. What would you suggest for them?
1: Yeah, I know that one of your objectives was to share your journey, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, it's kind of what we were saying earlier. I think that Gary, one of the reasons he wrote the book and he lived the book is that he tries to bring priority to the things that matter, right? It's not all that stuff. So, you know, let's take hiring. Not everybody who's listening to this is hiring, but we all have relationships that matter that we're exploring, whether it be a boyfriend or a girlfriend, whatever. Can you step back from the need and ask the question, what are the core things that I really am looking for? And um, it could be a vendor relationship. Like I said, it could be someone to mow your yard, right? Right. I mean, we have someone that works out with us and um, it took a little trial and error in the beginning, but we understand that if you want to work out early in the morning, um, it really matters to have someone who's going to show up consistently because to get up at 5 a.m. and then find out that they're not showing up, that becomes like, a very big part of your standards. Absolutely. So figure it out. What matters to you in terms of that relationship that you're looking for? And can you be a little bit more purposeful about identifying what you're looking for and then testing it, right? That's, uh, that's the lesson I take away from, you know, your first 90 days is that, you know, with Gary's guidance, we, we tried to be really clear up front and really clear once we were in a relationship so that we knew that we were in alignment and, I had a much better opportunity to be successful.
0: Absolutely. Well, there you have it. My conversation with Mr. Jay Papazan. For those of you who have not subscribed yet to the show, if you do subscribe either in iTunes or on your Android device, take a screenshot of that. Email it to us at contest at the one thing.com. That's with the number one, contest at the one and we'll send you a link to get a free digital copy of the one thing. So thank you so much. And if you haven't left a review yet, please do so. It really does help us and it helps us organically reach and impact more people. So with that, I look forward to seeing you all next week where I have a private conversation with a woman about how I am trying to strike that balance between work and family, which is something I know we all struggle with. And you're going to hear the guidance that she gave me. I'll see you next week.